welcome back to Life According to a Middle Schooler. Before we start the episode, thank you so much for 1,600 listens. And I also want to start off by apologizing for the third episode in a row for not uploading in a while. This week's excuse is that I am way too stacked with homework, projects, quizzes, and tests, as well as the fact that I got my bottom braces on a few days ago, and I was not able to talk without pain shooting through my mouth for like the last four days. Anyway, that's all for my spiel. Please be sure to follow our Instagram, check out the YouTube channel where I recently posted a studio tour, check out the website, and let's get into the episode. Alright, so today we're going to be talking about the silver lining of the coronavirus. And I'm doing this because you guys seem to love all of my COVID episodes. For example, the episode about returning to school during COVID actually has 350 listens after just six months. And also, I'm doing this episode because a former teacher of mine recently published an article about all the amazingly positive things that happened during the virus. So I decided that that was a perfect thing to talk about today. So let's get started. Saying that living in COVID times was tough would be a severe understatement. After more than a year of enduring crisis after crisis, we are all physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted. However, there has to be a few good things that went well during the time that we all suffered, right? So one of the first one that comes to my mind is the drastic positive change in the environment. Due to movement restriction and a significant slowdown of social and economic activities, the air quality has improved in many large cities, along with a massive reduction in water pollution in different parts all over the world. In fact, places like LA and other large cities here in the US reduced their air and water pollution upwards of 30%. And that is crazy considering how fast they were moving you know, towards the negative side. And now we had this 30% towards the positive side. It's incredible to hear that this is happening. Now, this next one's a little bit more specific. It's kind of tied into what I just said, but I think it's a really cool fun fact. So if you didn't know, there haven't been dolphins in the canals of Venice for a very, very long time, ever since the dawn of pollution from motorboats and nearby factories dumping into the water. However, just a few weeks ago, a couple of dolphins were spotted for the first time in so long in those canals. And this is probably because of the previous point that I mentioned about the air and water pollution decreasing. But I think that this is a really cool fun fact that just it's, it's heartwarming to hear, in my opinion. Another big one is the massive increase in the sense of community around us. And I actually mentioned this in my first episode. It was so easy to see the communities that make up workplaces, schools, families, neighborhoods, and more grow and create such a much greater sense of community. From people lending a helping hand when somebody's family member got sick, to videos of people singing with each other from across the street in New York apartments, to people mowing the lawns of elderly people who couldn't hire anybody to do it and they couldn't do it themselves. There's so many really strong examples of this much greater sense of community. And I think this is really cool, and there's research to back it up. Research suggests that individuals who feel a sense of security, belonging, and trust in their community have drastically better health. So when we saw this increase in the sense of community, this is actually really positive towards 
people's health as well. Um, so I think that that's a definitely a majorly positive impact to highlight that came from something that has an originally much more negative feel to it, and that is COVID. Um, and now one of the biggest ones that I can think of, it's kind of hard to explain and prove because I'm not an expert in people's positive reactions to a pandemic. Um, but the best way to explain this is that people were more motivated to do things. I know hundreds of people and have seen the stories of so many people who had more time on their hands to do things like build furniture in their garage or actually use their workout room in their basement that they put together a few years ago. I know people who picked up so many more hobbies like gardening, spent their time creating stronger bonds with their family, and just, I guess, something about having nothing to do other than watch Netflix and binge eat allowed people to finally do the things that they had been wanting to do but putting them off for years. And I think that that's one of the big positive impacts that actually affected me the most. I mean, I built an entire village in the wilderness behind my house out of logs I found in the woods. I started working out daily with my brother. I started taking an engineering course. And more, most importantly, I started the podcast that you're listening to right now, probably because I was bored in the pandemic, I think is the biggest reason I did that. So another big one is kind of weird, but basically being hygienic is no longer just a good habit, but it's a skill that you need for survival. Times have changed and people are now aware of how important it is to keep yourself clean. And as social animals, the very engineering of our human body is the ability to connect with fellow beings. And that's not going to change and it's something that we cannot change. But these recent times have made us all aware of how we do that more hygienically, from shaking hands to namaste. We all have had a lifestyle change for the good. We're going to remember to cover our mouths when we cough, to sanitize our hands after touching anything else, because we know what can happen if we don't. And I think this is huge, right? Originally, people were always, I know my parents, I know people at school, they were like, make sure you wash your hands, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of people just kind of disregarded it, I would say. But now we're realizing how important it is, because if we weren't washing our hands, it, COVID probably would have been a lot worse. I mean, it was, it was bad, but it could have been worse. So now we can move on to one that is extremely obvious. Anybody that's my age or any parent knows about this one. Uh, the impact that COVID had from an educational standpoint. However, I cannot talk about the bad things that happened, even though there were a lot of them. We want to stay on the silver lining, right? So, first of all, when education went digitally because of the virus, a lot of good things actually did happen. For example, parents could now be aware of what their children were learning about in school, and students were given the or, the opportunity to get more sleep because they didn't have to worry about the commute to in-person classes. Another thing that a study proved was that, quote, online learning was shown to increase retention of information and take less time, end quote. And we saw that exchange students who were originally trapped in their home country after spring break could stay there with their families and continue their education virtually, all because of this transition from an in-person school to a virtual school. And at first, a lot of people saw this transition as really bad, right? And it was because of COVID. COVID's bad transitioning from in-person to online is bad but you know we have these silver linings and i think they're really good to highlight and another one that's also related to the education and this is one that i actually didn't know about 
before reading an article about the topic was that not only did education become more easily digitized, but it actually became more affordable in a lot of places. Especially in colleges and private schools, it was quickly observed that when teaching and learning virtually, there was a lot less of an overall cost, from things like paying significantly less for electricity and water to run the building, to not having to pay for on-campus buses or cars. And when the colleges and private schools realized that they were so, it cost them so less, so much less, to run their operations, a few of them decided to take some of that burden off of the students, and they actually cut tuition costs. And some of these schools actually cut by thousands of dollars. That's, I mean, that's insane. And this sure didn't happen to a lot of schools. So if you're thinking, hey, how come that didn't happen to me? Um, but you know, a small amount that did participate in this movement to help relieve the student of a small bit of burden in those hard times. And I think that's really cool. You know, these colleges and private schools that would usually cost students a fortune, they're able to, you know, make them just a little bit happier, make their day and year a little bit better during this massive crisis. So this next one I actually thought of because my mom is a doctor and this is really closely related to her field of work. Recently, telemedicine has taken off exponentially during the pandemic. And it by doing this, it increased access to patients with mobility problems and enabled rural patients to access a much larger physician network without the geographic restraints that came from required in-person appointments. Telemedicine has also reduced healthcare costs for pa both patients and healthcare providers and decreased the risk of transmitted infection. International, national, and local medicine organizations have seen increased attendance uh, virtual meetings compared to the face-to-face -face meetings before COVID because of the convenience of telemedicine platforms. And I want to take a second to talk about this one because I think this is huge. Telemedicine is a thing that, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's been around for something like 15 years. Again, don't quote me on that. I'm just, don't, please. Um... Anyway, uh, it's been a thing for quite a while, and it just wasn't used a lot because people didn't think that it would be the same as like going to a face-to-face -face appointment, and that's true. It's not exactly the same, but then when COVID happened and the telemedicine was really needed and everyone went to telemedicine, people started realizing that it was actually really helpful. You know, before COVID, when they were doing face-to-face -face appointments, but there wasn't really a risk because there wasn't COVID, it was neutral, right? We'll call that the neutral ground. And then COVID happened and going to face-to-face -to -face appointments was really, really risky. And that's your negative. And then all of a sudden, when telemedicine exploded, it was like, it was a positive. People had said that they'd rather have a telemedicine appointment during COVID than a face-to-face -face person appointment before COVID. And I think that that's, that's really huge. And we saw the increase in attendance we saw the cut in costs all of this has a major factor in this and i think that that's really cool that that happened now this next one is a really big one throughout the pandemic we heard a lot about people giving a lot of well-earned respect and honor to those on the front line of fighting the pandemic from emts to doctors treating patients with the virus so many incredibly hard-working people finally got the respect they deserved People's eyes were open to the physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausting days that these frontline workers endured. 
and allowed them to realize that these people deserved more than they were receiving. People started doing things like lining the streets and clapping as they came home after their exhausting shifts at the hospital, or making them meals every night, or doing shopping for them. And that's something that's kind of related to the increased sense of community, but I think that it really shows a massive positive change to how we view first responders and frontline workers. And it started an honor that was really long overdue. Now this next one is especially interesting to me. In a time where tens of millions of people were getting sick with COVID, the cold and flu season were nearly non-existent. Because so many people were taking all of these precautions, the cold and flu quite literally just did not spread. It didn't have the same capacity to spread as it did in years before. For example, in 2019 and early 2020, during that flu season, there was an estimated 50 million cases of the flu. Whereas this past flu season, it was a small fraction of that number. And the same thing happened with the cold. Despite the fast spreading COVID numbers, Social distancing and wearing masks managed to give us some of the lowest cold and flu numbers in years. Another one that's a little bit more specific but also really good news is that the Democratic Republic of Congo discharged its last Ebola patient. In March 2020, the last Ebola patient being treated in the Democratic Republic of Congo went home from a treatment center according to the World Health Organization. And this was a huge step in the country's fight against the second deadliest outbreak of the disease in history. So because I kind of ran out of ideas while writing this podcast episode script, I'm really just going to go through a list of a lot more specific little things that happened. And also most of these things that I'm about to talk about happened during 2020, not just during the pandemic but they're still all meant to be focused around the same idea that they happen during the midst of a bunch of global crises. So the first one, uh, a man named Bong Joon-ho, I hope I pronounced that right, made history as the first Korean to win Best Director Oscar in February 2020. During the Oscars in February 2020, he won the Best Director Oscar for his film Parasite, and he became the first person from the Asian nation to take home the award. The film went on to take home the top prize at the Academy Awards, the first time any foreign language film ever won Best Picture. Another one, Finland moved to give new dads time off with their newborns. In February 2020, Finland's new government announced plans to give all parents the same parental leave, in an effort to promote well-being and gender equality. According to the BBC, paid allowance will increase to a combined 14 months, which works out to 164 days per parent. The decision comes as many other European countries move towards more equitable approaches to paternity leave. Sweden famously has the most generous leave policies, offering parents a combined 480 days of parental leave. Another specific one that I find really interesting is that dogs trained to protect wildlife have saved 45 rhinos from poachers in South Africa. In March, we learned that a small group of dogs that were trained to protect rhinos from poachers have saved 45. And at first, that seems like a small number. 45 doesn't seem like a lot. But when you have an endangered species like the rhinos, and they're very rare these days, that's insane. 
So these dogs, including beagles and bloodhounds, among other breeds, were trained from birth to track down poachers alongside humans in Greater Kruger National Park. The project is run by Southern African Wildlife College and Ivan Carter Wildlife Conservation Alliance. And in the last decade, 9,442 African rhinos have been lost to poaching, so saving these 45 is just vital to a movement that we know is going to grow and grow. And I'm going to start this next one off by saying that by no means do I think this is a little thing, and nobody should. I just ended up putting it in this section of the episode because that's the way I laid out the script. I do not want anybody to think that this is something small in my mind. But... Anyway, this one is about how people around the world rose up to protest police violence and racial injustice. In the wake of George Floyd's death at the hands of police officers in Minneapolis, protests arose in nearly all major cities across the United States. It broke out globally, too, extending to more than 60 countries in support of the Black Lives Matter movement and against racial injustice and police brutality. The death of George Floyd was the spark that spread across the world, a protester in Paris said in June. Large demonstrations happened in South Korea, the United Kingdom, Turkey, New Zealand, and elsewhere, while activists in the U.S. notched some pretty major wins. Another one that I think is actually really, really cool. Uh, Crayola recently unveiled new inclusive skin tone crayons. In May, Crayola unveiled its most inclusive skin tone crayons yet the colors of the world pack includes crayons that represent over 40 skin tones giving kids the chance to quote accurately cover themselves into the world the company said crayola hopes our new colors of the world crayons will increase representation and foster a greater sense of belonging and acceptance crayola ceo rich wolther said in a news release We want the new Colors of the World crayons to advance inclusion within creativity and impact how kids express themselves. Finally, and I think this one is probably my favorite. Thanks to the stay-at-home orders, animal shelters are now more empty than ever. Across the board, shelters, nonprofit rescues, and private breeders reported that the pandemic created a huge consumer com- demand for dogs and puppies as people stayed at home. 20% of respondents to a Nielsen survey in July said that they adopted one or more dogs and or cats between March and June, up from less than 5% at the same time the year before. According to a report from Shelter Animal Count, a nonprofit that collects stats on sheltered animals. Shelter intake overall is now down 25% compared to last year. That is insane. One quarter of what it was last year. Or sorry, down one quarter of what it was last year. So we're going to wrap up the episode there. But before you click off and before I do the outro, I want to say one thing. Uh, this episode was actually not sponsored. And I wanted to let you guys know that I am open to sponsorships. I would rather be sponsored than by my own, you know, my own listeners than by Anchor or something like that or a big corporation. I'd much rather be sponsored by you guys. So send me an email. I can teach you how to do it. It's extremely cheap. It's like basically free. I mean, it's it costs nothing. Um, And it would really support me. It supports me a lot. It helps me make these episodes. And yeah. 
that's all. So, yeah, that's where we're going to end the episode. Actually, before we end the episode, I do want to ask one thing to you guys. So, as you may have noticed, this episode was a little bit longer. It's around 20 minutes or 21 minutes. And I want to know honest feedback. I want to know from you guys, how long do you want the episodes to be? I know most podcasts are pretty long, like 30 to 60 minutes. And mine are usually like 15 minutes. Um, that's because scripts take a long time to write. Like a 15-minute episode is six pages of writing. Um, but, you know, if you guys want longer episodes, I want to know. Please shoot me an email. Let me know if you want those longer episodes. And I would be happy to change the length of these. Um, so, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening into this episode of Life According to a Middle Schooler. Thank you guys so much for getting us to 1,600 listens. If you're listening on YouTube, please be sure to like and subscribe. It means a lot to me, and it really helps out with the YouTube algorithm. Also, be sure to shoot us an email, whether it be with questions, comments, or an inquiry about a sponsorship. Check out our website and Instagram, and check out our other socials, including the YouTube channel, which are all linked in the description. Well, that's all for today's episode. Please be sure to listen to our next episode in two weeks, which will be a special one about my home state. Alright, I'm signing off for now. I'm Clark, and that was episode 18 of Life According to a Middle Schooler where I talked about the silver lining of the coronavirus pandemic.